0: listening to the familiar story, one of the things I caught this time was there were different responses, weren't there? There were different reactions. There was one in particular mentioned who treasured these things in her heart. There were others who, who heard this, got excited, saw that it was true, and they, could, and they had to tell somebody. They had to go out and tell people what they had found, what they had been told. And then there were others who heard who weren't quite sure what to make of it all. I mean, this is unbelievable that God shows up here now at that time in that way. It was a hope that had been held onto for centuries but perhaps faded along the way. And now here it seems God has actually done it. God has broke through and it's it's almost too good to be true. Can it really be true? You know, we're, we're easily caught in the currents of Christmas. That We go along in our society today, 500 years after, after the Reformation, we're in a kind of a strange place where our society is trying to back away from this. We don't want to give up Christmas. We just don't want it to be so much about Jesus anymore. Have you noticed that in society? You know, the, the marketplace is not going to give up on Christmas. I mean, let's face it, it's big, right? And yet... Oh, there's a lot of pushback now. There's a lot of pulling away from, does it have to really be about Jesus? People know the story. They're familiar with the thing, but they're not sure that they can believe it. I'm going to tell that story. We're going to look in the, in the book of Matthew again. We're starting a series in the Gospel of Matthew, Thy Kingdom Come. We're going to be here now from Advent and Christmas all the way through to Easter. That's where the Gospel of Matthew goes. And, and uh, But as we begin, we're going to see again that Christmas story, not from Luke's account, as was read here just a moment ago, but this time from the eyes of one person. In the center of the story, we're going to see it from in the eyes of Joseph, and uh, consider, can you believe it? This story of Christmas, maybe you've heard before, maybe you've come along with others. And we, we go along with the Christmas thing and it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a wonderful family time and yet, need to decide if we can really believe it or not. That was the dilemma that Joseph faced Verses 18 and 19 of Matthew chapter 1. You can follow along with me if you want In page 807 in the church Bibles. Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read, first of all, verses 18 and 19. I want us to look first. Look what God has done here. Look what God has done in this miraculous thing. Verses 18 and 19. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the holy spirit and her husband joseph being a just man a man of honor a man of integrity unwilling to put her to shame resolved to divorce her quietly you see the christmas story is also a bit of a tragedy there has been, can you imagine joseph he didn't know getting married was going to be so difficult so traumatic, so so uh, faith-stretching. All the man wanted was a wife. Well, those of us been married for a while could have told him it was going to be like that, one way or another. Right? <laughs> this is going to be an adventure. But wow, look what Joseph steps into, right? Off the bat, now, let me describe the first-century setting just a little bit. Roman rule. First of all, all of Israel, from Galilee in the north down to Jerusalem and Bethlehem in the south, and further south from there, all of this area is under Roman rule and Roman control. There is a there is a a, a false king, King Herod, who rules in all of Judea, and he rules at the permission and and um, support of the Roman Empire and the Roman Caesar. So the troops of Rome are behind him, and they give him his authority. And uh, Herod loves to build things, and he loves for people to admire, th- admire him. So he can try to get along, but if he thinks you're crossways to him, Herod was a vicious and oppressive man. So the, the rule of Rome and Herod over Israel in the first century was, a, was an oppressive time. A difficult time. The time of Jesus' birth. It was, a, it, was, it was a tough time. There were, there were taxes being paid uh, that, that, that were not always clear. You're, you fuss about the tax code here, but at least it's, it's written down. And at least it's somewhat predictable. If you had money, the tax collector would find a way to take it. And if you didn't have money, he'd take something else. In the midst of that, there's a young couple, and they are betrothed. Now, betrothed is kind of like our engagement, but it's different. When you're engaged, and something happens along the way, or you realize, you know, we're just not sure, we're just not ready, the engagement can be broken. If you are betrothed, it's kind of like engaged. You're not yet together. You're not yet living together as man and wife, but you are legally already joined together. You are legally committed to one another, and if you're going to break that betrothal, you actually have to have a divorce. And normally the only reason to do that is if things were not quite as they were presented to be when the families made the arrangements. Somebody, the man or the woman, one of the parties, it was not as originally presented. Kind of like buying a used car, right? You got the 30-day guarantee, and all of a sudden, to day 15, the transmission goes out. You say, man, this thing is not what I thought it was going to be. Well, maybe that's not a good illustration at all for for betrothal and marriage. I will take that back. We'll excise that from the tape. We're going to move on. But you have this betrothal and it's a done deal, right? And yet, really early in their betrothal, Mary hears from the angel Gabriel. And she probably comes to Joseph with this crazy story. As soon as the angel tells her, I mean, this is going to be big for Joseph. This is going to affect him, right? So she, Joseph, God has got something really special for us. You know, starry-eyed, engaged couple think about it. God is, they all think God has got something really special for us. This is different. And Mary's really excited about it. And Joseph's like, what? He thinks his young bride-to-be just has stars in her eyes, perhaps. Well, God is going to use us for, to, to bring the Messiah. OK, I'm not sure exactly what that means, and Mary's talking about is going to be born the Son of God. I'm not really sure what all that's going to mean, but ah, Mary, Mary, what do I do? But Mary runs away. Mary now leaves immediately. She heads off to Elizabeth. Because she hears that Elizabeth is already six months along. Now Elizabeth is elderly. Elizabeth is way past childbearing years. This is like an Abraham and Sarah again. So so Mary runs off to be with Elizabeth, and she's there for how long? Do you remember? Three months. After three months, Mary comes back, and she says, Hi, Joseph. And there's something noticeable. There's just a little bit of a baby bump. Okay, that's awkward. They're not married. Now, jo- now Joseph perhaps had been told by Mary already this, th- what she had learned before she left. We don't know that, but perhaps. But now Joseph knows very clearly something is up. And What do you do if you're Joseph? Can you believe this? Look what God has done here. Mary says, look what God has done. She's already, she has seen it. She Believing, she went and she saw already what God had done. She saw the, that, that uh, John, the baby, Elizabeth was pregnant. And she did deliver just as the angel had told Mary. So Mary's already seen these confirmations happen. Joseph has seen none of this. Joseph just knows that the sweet young girl that he is betrothed to is expecting, and he wasn't there. That's all Joseph knows. Now, he's been told from Mary that it's like this, but okay, maybe that's true. Would it be wonderful if that was true, but is it really? Is that true? Has Mary maybe come up with this fantastic story that she has dreamed up just to cover her own sin? The child she's carrying is actually going to be the child, the Son of God, who will cover her sin and his and yours and mine. That's where the story's going, but Joseph isn't sure of that yet. Perhaps Joseph is afraid what are gonna people going to think if I believe this? How is this going to reflect on his own on, on, honor and integrity? What are they going to think of him? Joseph has always been known. He's grown up in the community and they know him as a man of honor. They know him as a man of faithfulness to God, that he follows God's statutes and he lives by the Lord's word. And so he and Mary got together early before it was permissible. Uh Uh-huh. Because if he knows she's pregnant and takes her anyway, obviously he's admitting to something here, right? Justice requires him to not marry. And claim as his, a child that belongs to another man. And yet love. He would normally, a man would normally bring this out in public so everybody knew that his honor was was intact and she was the one that had violated the vows. They would bring this out in public so everybody would know. But Joseph's love and devotion toward Mary compels him instead to end the betrothal quietly. Quietly out of public sight because he doesn't want to make a spectacle of her. You see the tension that is between his desire for justice and yet his love for Mary. And so he's pulled between the two. And that's really the dilemma of justice and love is the center of the incarnation. It's the center of Christmas because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see? In the incarnation, God takes on humanity for us to die a human sinner's death in our place because he was human but not a sinner. He dies in our place. The justice of God is satisfied so that love can freely embrace. And so, God's word to Joseph is this, don't be afraid to believe it. Look at verses 20 to 23. Don't be afraid to believe it. Watch for that as we read. But as Joseph considered these things, look, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, probably said, Joseph, son of David, nah, I don't know what angels sound like, do not fear, do not fear, don't be afraid to take Mary As your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's not from some other guy, Joseph. Don't be afraid. God is doing this. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The angel's pretty convinced that Joseph is going to go along with this. You shall call his name Jesus. This is what you're going to do, Joe. And he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So that dilemma is spoken to by God's messenger and angel. The angel's words, don't be afraid because this is God's son. Justice is going to be satisfied here by the righteousness of Christ. Love is then now free to embrace Mary even as God is going to be free to embrace us because of Jesus. Fear is at the heart of this story for you and I as well. We're afraid, perhaps. What will others think of us? What will others think of me if I really believe this? You go along with the family. You'll go along with friends, perhaps, but you don't want to get crazy about this thing yourself because what are others going to think of you if you really believe? believe this. Maybe I'm afraid of God himself, that God's going to take advantage of me, that God's playing some cosmic trip, trick on me, that he's going to take away something good if I trust myself to him. Now, how can Joseph know that he can believe it? Just because he thinks an angel appeared to him? Well, he had a, an angel appears to him in a dream, but, you know, maybe he, maybe he had some of that spicy food that you sometimes find in the, in the Middle East. We've done some time in India, you know, and let me tell you, spicy food. So maybe the dream, the whole angel thing, maybe, maybe Joseph really, really wanted this to be so, and somehow some conscious mind puts a dream together. Could that be it? Well, the angel in the dream quotes Isaiah. And the Joseph's revelation from this angel, this messenger, what this messenger has to say, agrees with what God has already said in his word. That's big. Don't just believe things that come along because you want it to be true. That's, that, that's what kids do, right? We want something to be true, and so we believe it. Well, sometimes that's me. I'm, I'm kind of the optimist at times. I, I, probably one of the reasons I... I, well, I, I, this is on my mind because I just bought a used car again. And so I think about buying used cars. And I, I don't like used cars because people take advantage of me when I buy used cars because I see it and I want it. And then I just assume I want things that I'm told about it to be true because I want it to be true. Don't believe this for that reason. Okay? Okay? Believe, how can I know then? When somebody else tells me, how can I know if I can believe it? Believe it because it agrees with what God has already said in his word. That's what the angel does with Joseph. The angel says, Joseph, this, th- this agrees with what? Or, if the angel wasn't quoting Isaiah, Matthew adds it in and say, hey, what the angel said is nothing new, it's nothing revolutionary in the fact that Isaiah had said years ago this was going to happen. The virgin was going to be a child and bear a son. And You would call his name Emmanuel because he's God with us. Believe something because God has said it. And you can look at it right here in his word. Well, what's the connection of that whole Isaiah 7.14 then? Isaiah 7.14 says he's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. And the angel says, Joseph, name him Jesus. Name him Jesus. What's the connection of Isaiah 17? and God will save his people from our sins. Perhaps it's God becoming with us in humanity. God with us in humanity is why that he can die that genuinely human death in our place. God joins us in the midst of this. God intervened in humanity's desperate need by inserting himself into our humanity. As newborns, a baby at Christmas time, right? As newborns, or when in newborns, I should say, not as newborns, but in newborns, we're reminded of how little and powerless we are. Well, in the big scheme of things, we're all like newborn babies. We're all like that little one in Alyssa's arms right now. We're all like that. We're, we're helpless. We are so needy of our Father to hold us, to care for us, to provide for us. And he has. It reminds us of our weakness. You know, I was, I was born a very small child. I was born at a very young age. <laughs> Completely helpless. In certain critical ways, still am. And yet, my Father has me. My Father has provided for me. My God became weak for me in humanity for our salvation. You're wondering perhaps, what do I do with this? How do I respond? Can you believe it? Well, believing God, call his name Jesus. Look at verses 24 and 25. Look what Joseph does. He receives receives this word. He receives this news. Confirmation of what Mary had told him. Confirmation himself from the angel that agrees with God's word. And so now, what does he do with it? That's the critical point, isn't it? That's going to make the difference in this story that we so love. That's going to make the difference for you. What do you do with it? What will you do? Can you believe it? When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. That part is big. Well, he's doing just what the angel, now angel simply means messenger. So God sends a heavenly messenger to him. God sends a messenger, and Joseph hears this message, and he believes it. Okay, We know he believes it because of what he does next. The baby's born. He's not afraid any longer to take Mary as his wife, no matter what people say. He's not afraid. He does it. And the child is born. And he calls his name Jesus. And he and, his, he, he, he and Mary, his wife, they, they, they remain apart as far as husband and wife. They don't come together for the whole time until he's born because Joseph is not going to do anything that detracts away from what God has done in this virgin birth. He believes it. He believes it. And he calls his name Jesus. Now Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua. You probably heard that before. Yeshua has a little apostrophe in there because it's actually a shortened version of Yehoshua. Yehoshua means Yahweh is salvation or Yahweh saves. That's what Jesus' name means. Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who called them and did for them when they're undeserving of themselves, the God who redeemed them, brought them up out of Egypt into new life is the God who has sent his only son. He's come with us to give us New life. To redeem us from the oppressor. To save us from our sins. To call on his name. To name him Jesus is to assert that it's all true. Joseph is declaring, this is God's son. God has the right to decide what his name should be. This is God's Son. He is going to save his people from their sins. That's what Joseph is declaring when he names him Jesus. When he calls his name Jesus, he says, I believe it. This Christmas, don't be afraid. Simply do this call his name Jesus. Say, I believe it. Can you believe it? Can you really believe? Is this really true? Call his name Jesus. God saves his people from their sins. Joseph didn't wait. When he woke up, he went and he took Mary as his wife right away. He'd done a lot of thinking about it. Now wasn't the time for thinking anymore. Now was the time to get up and move. Now was the time to do something about it. Now was the time to declare. By declaring to Mary, he believed what she told him. Taking her as his wife. He's declaring that he believes what God has said. Jesus is exactly who God has said him to be. There's a time when we need to declare. We need to say out loud to somebody we care about what we believe. I still remember the time. It was in August in 1982 when I declared to the the lady who would become my sister-in-law a few years later. She asked me, we we're at a church function, and she asked me, it was a picnic, softball game kind of thing, and she asked me, um, uh, do you believe in Jesus, or are you just here for the food? That's well, a fair enough question. Do you believe in Jesus, or are you just here for the presents on Christmas, right? I thought about it, and I said, no, I believe in Jesus. And that was the first time I remember declaring his name to somebody else. You know, if you're in a family with other, other Christians, other believers, You've been around this for a while, and admittedly, you've been a little around the fringes somewhat. You know one of the things I'd love to hear from you? Now, yeah, I do believe it. I do believe it. Maybe sometimes I'm a little afraid to walk in it. But I want you to know, I do believe that. And you will find that your, your faith in God, your confidence in Him, your trust in Him, the relief of some of that that hangs over you will will pass away just in declaring his name to somebody else. You've been doing a lot of thinking. Now's the time to declare. Now's the time to say, yes, I believe God concerning his son who saves me from my sin. You've you've heard God's word on the matter. You've heard from a messenger, but you've heard from a messenger in ways that agree with God. You're not unlike Joseph. Will you believe it? We sing the song, What Child is This? How do you answer that question? Is he a historical person? Is he a prophet? Is he a good man? Or is this, this is Christ the Lord? Will you call him Emmanuel, God with us? That eternal God came into humanity to die for us an eternal death, will you call him Jesus, the one who saves you from your sins? Do you today call yourself one of those people whom he has saved in Jesus? You see, that's what Joseph was pressed to decide. It's really a decision of each person to whom God brings the message. It's the same message that I was pressed to decide if I believed it or not, and today, you also. It's the same message for all of humanity, you see, because it's the same Savior for all of humanity. You can make this Jesus your Jesus. You can join Mary and Joseph in this unbelievable, yet believably wonderful story. Look what God has done. Something that keeps the party going 2,000 years later. Now, I know it's Christmas. You have things to do. You have things to get to today. Perhaps we could talk more about this another time. But don't wait. Follow what Joseph does. Now's the time to declare. Now's the time to step into what you believe. Maybe some of you came with this morning or... Maybe you'd like to talk with, with myself or one of, the, one of the elders. I'm going to hang around. Normally I, I, I go to the back and I get to greet everybody as I come out, but there's, there's so many of you. And there's, a, there's a, a few of you that I really like the chance to talk to this morning. So This morning I'm actually going to hang around kind of more up the front here instead. And so if you really want to, can't wait to say Merry Christmas to me. I bless you. Then come on up front. You'll find me right up here. But if you also just like to talk about this just a little more. Maybe you want to you thrill my heart and say, Pastor, I do believe it. I'd love to hear that from you too. So I'll be hanging around up here after the service. i have that opportunity. Why not make this Christmas your Christmas? Receiving God's gift of life. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for what you have done for us, what you have given to us in Jesus, in Christmas. Father, thank you that the child born was born to die, that for us, that in him you give us eternal life that never ends. Father, thank you for showing it to us again. Thank you for reminding us. Thank you for gathering us together on Christmas that in the midst of every loving gift that we give and that we receive, they echo something in our heart about the best gift that you've given to us. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you, God, for sending us your Son. God, I pray that you would make this day a special day for those who believe. Lord, for your church, for this family. But Father, also you would make it a special day for someone here to know, even if it's for the first time, to know for sure that Jesus has come to save them too from their sin. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.